Hello everyone, Dr. Julie here, and you are listening to my Coffee Chats podcast. I am a health researcher, PhD trained, and chef self-trained, on a mission to leave the next generation and our planet a lot more of a healthier place. This is your space to ask questions on topics that no one seems to want to discuss, with information that is backed by research, along with a good dose of practical advice. Real talk, real people, real answers. Let's get into this week's episode. This is my second podcast episode. This one is designed to give you an overall understanding of just what my nutrition and well-being philosophy is. In a world of confusing and conflicting advice, it is near impossible to know if people actually know what they are talking about, or if it is just simply their personal opinion or something that they're saying to get likes, comments and shares. I will most likely do a whole podcast on dissecting information online and what to watch for and some ways to critique it, but for now I just want to give you a good foundation on where my advice, especially my nutrition advice, comes from. So in this podcast I'm going to cover what is well-being and where food fits into this, nutrient density because this is a very core concept, and what I call the basics, essential nutrients, what are whole foods, and mindful eating. And just a little note at the end on why this is all so hard. Well-being in recent years has moved from the realm of philosophy into the realm of science. In its simplest definition, it is defined as feeling good and flourishing with the vitality to do what is important to you. Many of us haven't even sunk into figuring out just actually what is important to us, what is important to our lives, what are some of our core values. For me, I have done a lot of work in this area, but it's always evolving and changing. Do you know what is important to you? Often we haven't even had the time or the space to be able to sit down and think about that. And it might be a place to start because it's going to underpin a lot of things, especially for those that are listening that have transitioned into motherhood or are about to, because everything changes and all of a sudden what was important before that moment that you found out that you were pregnant, well, before that moment that you decided to embark on the journey of pregnancy all of a sudden no longer matters and as your children and your tribes keep growing and changing what is important to you is going to keep growing and changing and because well-being is underpinned with that it is a really crucial part to keep sinking back into and reflect and for those of you that are like I am literally covered in children and washing and everything else how do I even create that time or the space to do that Hold that. It is something we're going to deep dive into quite a lot across the course of this podcast. So unpacking well-being, it is grounded into four cornerstones of eat, food, move, sleep and purpose, all of which are under an umbrella of connectedness. Close relationships with family and loved ones are consistently cited in research as the most important to us across all ages, and this relatedness and sense of belonging is at the heart of optimal well-being. And these cornerstones are all interconnected. 
food affects sleep and that affects our movement and vice versa and purpose. Purpose is one that is almost never spoken about in well-being, but it can drive everything and it can override everything. You know, for me, my life's work is my purpose and I know that sometimes, even for me as someone who specializes in food, purpose takes precedence. It can be in a simple everyday on the ground floor matter like I'm presenting for five or six hours and it doesn't actually provide a lot of opportunities for me to eat in that time or my adrenal system takes over and it decreases my hunger levels during that. In order for me to be able to do the work that I need to do to a high level, I need to be fit and strong and I need to prioritize that. As you can see, these are just small, tiny snippets of how this is all connected and interrelated. I can't wait to get into the relationship between food and sleep because, of course, for so many of you listening, you are chronically sleep deprived and it is a massive driver into food choices, hormone changes, ah, everything, everything. What I want you to take away from, though, is that food should not be viewed in isolation. All of these four cornerstones are important alongside that big umbrella of connectedness. And if there's any doubt of that, think about how much of our food and social cultural environment is situated around being with other people, from a cup of coffee to birthday parties to Christmas, Easter, the list goes on. I just want to add a point around the word nourish and nourishment because it is a key part of how I have shaped my business and my food philosophy. To nourish, it means to nourish oneself and it is well beyond the foods that we eat. Nourishing with movement, sleep, intentional rest, nourishing the mind with meaningful activities and the soul with a sense of purpose that gives us that resilience to overcome circumstances that are outside our control. I love the word nourish because it's related to what I'm about to talk about, which is nutrient density, but that's specific to food. You know, what are the good things that we are putting into our body and we are doing for our body to nourish ourselves? And it is a good question that we should keep at the back of our minds pretty much when we go about and needing to make decisions and we have to make a lot of decisions around our well-being on a daily basis. So nutrient density. The reason that this is a core concept for me is because when we are describing food or making those decisions around what we should eat, and yes there is so much research around the decision making with food and how it can add to our fatigue and can get very overwhelming. And to try and cut through all of this, understanding nutrient density can really help. And it's ongoing, and that's because of the way that our food environments changes, new foods and food products come out. And I know because I'm literally producing new food products. So understanding the difference between nutrient density, energy density, is a way for us to kind of classify food and help to make that decision. Where possible, I really try and avoid, and I would encourage you to do the same, using the words as good and bad food. I agree, there are some foods that are literally not foods, right? 
energy drinks, for example, because they provide nothing, absolutely nothing. And when we're talking to our children, again, another podcast topic, but when we are talking to our children about food, engaging them and using this terminology is very helpful and it helps to not demonize foods, which I know is something that you're worried about. So nutrient density is literally how much nutrients for the volume of the food. Energy density is how much energy for the volume of the food. Now, generally, we have foods that are either or, either very energy dense, i.e. a lot of calories and not a lot of nutrients, or very nutrient dense, i.e. lots of nutrients and low overall energy that's provided. Some foods naturally exist that are both, and they tend to be those that are slightly higher in fat. So examples include avocado, salmon and nut. Because fat has double the calories of carbohydrate and protein, it's going to increase the overall energy density. It doesn't mean that it's bad though. To simplify this, the question that I encourage you and would suggest that you use to assess food every single time that you go to put it in your mouth is how much goodness am I getting from this food? And when we start to look at mindful eating, we want to actually be asking this when we buy the food, when we are planning our meals, and of course when it's right in front of us and we're having to make those decisions. How much goodness am I actually getting from this food? And it's something I'm going to keep coming back to. When it comes to whole foods, these are basically always nutrient dense. By definition... Whole foods are simply foods with as little to no processing from their natural form as possible. As a machine is not doing the work to break down the food, most, if not all, nutrients remain intact. Food processing is not necessarily bad. In fact, it can provide options not normally available. My pumpkin baby porridge is a great example. So keep coming back to that question. How much goodness am I getting? Now, in terms of what I call the basics, I want to lead with this and say that the basics are hard. They are very, very, very hard. And so if you're struggling, there's a reason for that. So the basics. There are seven essential nutrients that we need as human beings every day, every single day. And that's because our bodies cannot produce them and we need them for our overall well-being. These nutrients are breaking down into our macronutrients, that's carbohydrate, fat and protein. Our micronutrients, vitamins and minerals, fiber, which is a standalone nutrient, and water. And we need all of these every day, multiple times a day. And that's from babies, toddlers, children, teenagers, adults. The question, the golden question of course is how much, <laughs> when, <laughs> in what way, all of that and what I will say and this is the challenging part of nutrition is that ultimately we are on a journey to learn and understand how these combination of seven essential nutrients respond in our body how much we need as an individual and it is going to be different for everyone there is going to be some overall guiding principles 
but ultimately it's going to be different for everyone and it's going to keep changing as your bodies change, as your gut development changes. And this is where mindful eating is crucial. Now, I do not count calories. I also don't weigh myself and haven't done for over a decade. And yes, this was quite different to my early nutrition training. When I was an undergrad at the ripe age of 18, we did all of that. We were literally trained in that, into counting calories and breaking down macros and having a set amount each day. I also weighed myself. I spent many, many years as a young teen and in my early 20s religiously weighing myself and having my entire self-worth and sense of well-being wrapped into those scales. Again, I will deep dive into this topic more, but what I will say is that you can do this without needing to, and potentially it's actually going to help you to connect again with your body. So mindful eating and the, I guess the very brief intro that I want to give on that for now is literally checking in with what do I need? How am I feeling? How full am I? How is this food or this meal making me feel? How much energy is it giving me afterwards? And the reason that these basics are so hard is because for many, many, many adults that I work with, you have spent 30 years, 40 years, potentially some listeners here, 50 years not listening to your bodies at all and that is not your fault that is our food environment that is our social culture environment that is the marketing and the messaging that we have received our food environment gosh there's a reason I've started a food brand and that's because literally scientists and mathematicians create bliss points using mathematical formulas to basically override so much of your body's natural hormonal and metabolic signals of I'm full, I've had enough and I don't even want that food to begin with. Our social environment, I mentioned snippets of that at the beginning but how many of you can still hear your parents' voices and messaging around food? You know, you need to stay at the table until you've finished eating. All sorts of flavours of this. Uh, you're going to a social occasion. It's just expected that you eat the food because someone has provided that for you and you're going to offend them otherwise. Cakes at birthday parties. Where did that even come from? And I'm not even suggesting that that's bad or negative, but where did it come from? And why do we always have that at our big social occasions? And in terms of the marketing and the messaging, oh my gosh, where to even start with that? From magazines, and now we've just morphed from that into messaging online. You should do this, you shouldn't do that, you should do the next thing. You know, you shouldn't eat after five o'clock at night, aside from the messaging that comes with uh, packaged foods and marketing of that and what's actually required. I just want you to know and to take away from this that because of all of this, all of these massive variables, 
this is hard if you are struggling it is not because you don't have the willpower it is not because you are lazy it is not because you are fat and useless or whatever other awful horrible things that you tell yourself which you would never want to tell your children it is because literally our world is set up against us and when I get into the big topics for our babies and our toddlers around the division of responsibility and instinctual eating around being supportive of them saying no I'm going to refer back to this because this is why it is so important and you're in the right place because I'm going to be unpacking all of this and I don't necessarily have all the answers either I am still on a constant journey around food, what it does for my body, what it needs. And we haven't even touched on all of the massive physiological hormonal changes that happen from the moment that you conceive or potentially start even going through fertility treatment where everything that you potentially did learn that may have worked or may have not worked that well is now going to go out the window completely and you've got a whole body, a new body that you've got to start to learn about all while looking after and caring for other little humans in your lives. So all of this is said with so much love and care and understanding of just how hard it all is. And I cannot wait to dive into all of this stuff in a lot more detail. But hopefully this just gives you that brief sort of core understanding of where my advice comes from, all embedded in peer-reviewed scientific research, that overall umbrella of well-being, what is important to us, I would love you guys to go away from this episode and actually think about that question alone. Keep in mind nutrient density, keep in mind how much goodness is this providing for me and that includes, remember what I said, outside of the realm of food, sleep, our social interactions, our activities that we do, what we're putting into our brains. I hope that this is one that is nourishing your brain with some really good nuggets and again, understanding those basics and I'm going to keep coming back to that. So there you have it, my overall food foundation and philosophy and where well-being fits all into this. I hope that it's given you some things to think about and to take away and as you can tell there's going to be lots that we're going to be unpacking over these podcast episodes and I cannot wait. Have a wonderful week and we will catch you same time same place. I just want to do a shout out to our incredible sponsor, 06 Coffee. As you all know, I am coffee obsessed and 06 is a local New Zealand company, also very waste conscious. Coffee does not ask questions, coffee understands and coffee gives you five minutes peace in the chaos, which I really hope you get today. Please use the code 1506 for 15% off. That's it for this week's episode. If you do have a question, please drop it into the contact page of my website or a DM on Instagram. Everything from food, well-being, business, motherhood and life questions are answered here. I do really hope you get in a peaceful cup of coffee or at least take some time to yourself today. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to this podcast to keep up to date and make sure you don't miss an episode. Until next week, with love, Dr Julie.